0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Back at the Guide Shack. I am here with Ryan with an I. Ryan, Ryan with an I. How you doing? I'm doing really well. How's 2024 treating you so far? We're five days in. It's not a bore.
1: It's not a bore? That's good. That was that was the one thing I wrote um, at my warehouse uh, as I was uh, leaving after I had finished cleaning up at the end of the season uh, on, the,
0: on the dry erase board was, Don't be a bore 2024,
1: and so far it's not.
0: Good. Yeah. Uh, you just recently got off of a Grand Canyon trip. Now before I sure did. before we dive into the the stories of the trip, mm-hmm. first let's tell people how you ended up with a Grand Canyon permit. Did you get it just straight off the lottery?
1: Um, I won a cancellation permit. In... Okay. I believe it was September 28th was the day it was announced. How
0: do they do that? How do you end up on a cancellation lottery? Well, you play the Grand Canyon lottery and you get emails about
1: it. Okay. um, After you're enrolled in it, and it's it's not done through rec.gov like some other river lotteries. It's run independently of that, and it's. I I think it's a pretty cool system. It's a little. It's very government, very official. Like you have to make like a. You have to make an a special account or something like that for it like Okay. and yeah it, it's it is a weight unlike a lot of other river lotteries it's a weighted lottery, so um the amount of bonus points you get um is a is every year you haven't been on the river up to five, so if you've never been before, you automatically start with five bonus points, you're more likely to draw a permit than someone that's been in the last five years um and yeah, I my last trip was actually with you, Micah, in uh, in uh, twenty nineteen in twenty nineteen technically. was when uh, we launched. That was when yeah. we launched. We launched in I believe was it December twenty eighth of yeah 20, December 28th,
0: 2019. twenty eighth twenty
1: nineteen yeah yeah which you know was kind of interesting. We didn't come out to full-blown a
0: COVID. full blown a full
1: blown like
0: world like world change but but it was different it was a little uh, yeah it, it w- was less people for sure when we got out and i was like oh do, is this like a sunday i never really, <laughs> really like i didn't i don't think i really made that much of a connection
1: about it. i remember reading as we were going back to uh like as, as we were going our separate ways that i remember that night when i turned my phone back on i remember reading the news about an emerging coronavirus in China like, right and, and i
0: i immediately jumped on the road and drove to colorado mm. hung out with my cousin there and then back to oregon and it just it felt like there was substantially less traffic on the freeways
1: well we had also just gone in while we, while it was still the holiday weekend too which valid yeah <laughs> it was weird though right like yeah because like that was like the last bit of the
0: world like i think for a lot of people well and some you, people you know, some people were already wearing masks yeah. So like to come out into a, to a maskless society, to all of a sudden you're like you see like four or five people wearing masks. And you're like, yeah. Oh, that's kind of fucking weird. Well, what's, and what's it, going on here? It for
1: sure was weird. And I remember that spring, I I did get on a Salt River trip, and that was um, that was around the time that like it was starting to spread and. We for sure like we had some discussions about it. We were wondering like, was it going to be like, is there going to be a mass quarantine when we get out? Um, fortunately, you know that was that was fine. I I know a lot of people. In fact, I believe we met some people that were supposed to launch in uh, while we were on the river, that had a permit for for Mar- for March of that year. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and they got they said the river was shut down.
1: Yeah, the river was shut down. We never heard from them. I don't know if they gave us their real names. Funny side story, but.
0: Yeah, you know, I question their, that was their names as well. Yeah. It was just, it was too coincidental, it yeah. felt like.
1: Well, I mean, their their excuse for that, why they were not a couple, was that their names. Right. I, I don't want to really say their names just out of privacy. That is, in fact, their real names. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but... Oh, this is,
0: yeah, we'll make it super cryptic. Yeah. Either way... <laughs> I didn't buy it. I think yeah. they lied to us.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Not about um,
0: hiding drugs in the canyon.
1: No, they were 100% doing
0: they that. Were so doing so anyways that. to to bring, <laughs> to bring
1: the rest of you into into the about what we're talking about or in, into light about what we are talking about. We met this couple at South Bass Camp that came and sh and shared shared well they they were not a couple but <laughs> they came in and They uh, were shared, a couple of people. They were a couple of people and Two they were people. definitely sleeping together. <laughs> like yeah. like that that much that that vibe for sure got it but they were not a couple um and they were they were going they had just gotten a cancellation permit like like us and we they were going and doing and like i did this recent time like yeah they were they were going down and enjoying the canyon last minute but they were going they were they are are were also on a trip that was going out that march or that of 2020 and so they were going ahead to multiple camps and they were like burying little like tre- geocaches like full of like drugs basically. <laughs> and um, yeah, like little acid gummies and like like little like. Yeah, so they were so,
0: stashing mushrooms. Yeah. Wheat, yeah, beer. like
1: little, little hits of molly. Like they yeah, were just it like was... stashing
0: 30 racks of beer at yeah. camps in like. And then they said they were making maps. And you know so what's funny is back they were they later. were
1: absolutely not the first people that thought of this because on an earlier trip in 2018, I and my friends found a 30 rack of beer buried at the Chevron camp downstream of Lava Falls. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was Bud Light. Well, you know, I mean, yeah. you know, but you hey. don't
0: bury really good beer. No, no, <laughs>
1: absolutely. Yeah, I know, right? Sides like bud light t- oh, totally tastes better when it's like aged you
0: know oh yeah oh, it would have been ugh. held at 55 degrees for yeah <laughs> 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 oh, anyways <God>. anyway <laughs> so, so that's
1: that that that, <laughs> that that was the people we that, that was that was really the only people we met on that trip i think right
0: yeah anyway. well the only other boat we saw on that trip was the u.s rafting team that was trying to beat oh the yeah yeah and, they, and that was we like we saw him like in the distance as the sun was coming down they yeah you're right i forgot about that like, what too the fuck? I, I
1: did tell this story to i i think we i stayed at that camp on this last trip oh, that, nice. that was, that we were at the keyhole camp i think where that happened which is around that's you around can see mile pretty far one, upstream yeah it's around mile 142 it's one of the big camps that's it's like the last big campus downstream of deer creek falls for anyone that's done the canyon um, but yeah,
0: they just came flying by. They yeah. Just, this giant catamaran just came flying by and had like, like it had like eight people rowing. Yeah. They, but they were on like crew row seats that slid.
1: Yes. They, it was so a they're, very purpose built boat. Pulling.
0: They're and, all pulling on slider seats until they get to a rapid and then they turn around, lock their seat in place and then they pushed so they could see where so they, they were going. So
1: they were totally running upset. Yeah. At which didn't
0: they? I, but they had, but I, they'd I, also put out markers. you Somebody right. had come through and put out markers. You're right. To Which, let them, like tell them what rapid was coming next. I, I suppose I
1: should probably interject at this point in the story.
0: I personally am not a big fan
1: of people. Like I, like, I, I think it's very funny that like people, some people do go down to the grand Canyon and leave drugs. And I will absolutely laugh at that. Like cash for like their other groups of friends that they know are coming through. Like, I, I guess like if, if you are going to geocache, you should do it responsibly, and you should have like an exit plan for that. Like, you know, like you need to make sure somebody's going to come down and get that and pick up that little box of like blotter paper. All right. Like, yeah, but the you problem need to pick up those is, is that COVID happened, and they exactly. didn't get to go back and get it. <laughs> that was their that drug. was the problem. So somewhere, so just left a anyways, shit this is there. this is the story that I tell so many people is that somewhere out there in the Grand Canyon, there is a bunch of lost treasure just waiting to be found. and... And you will – I'm sure you will have a very good time if you find it because um, I sure did when I hung out with these people. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway. Anyways, so this, yeah. So this new trip.
1: This new trip so was you very got,
0: – you got your permit on mm-hmm. – you found out that you had gotten your permit on September 28th. I did, And yeah. when did you launch? Uh, it was December 5th. Cool. So you had like two months. Yeah. To just, like, get your shit together.
1: Well, conveniently, like yourself and probably a fair number of people that listen to this podcast, but not everyone, um, I have a very special privilege in life in that I work for a multi-day rafting company and I I work as a river guy, (coughs) but I primarily, like, work long overnight trips and, you know, and also on top of that, I, you know, I come from a boating family, so... So I I had a, I had a whitewater dad, you know, so I, I got a lot of really awesome uh, stuff just given to me. So I've, I've got a little bit of like, you know, that, that, those resources alone right there just kind of make planning a a trip a little easier for someone like me. And then, well, yeah. And you know, like the trip I did with you, Michael, was not the first one I've led, like actually this. So like I'd done another one in 2017 before I was a guide. Um. And yeah, and I've also been down the Grand canyon multiple multiple times so this this trip was trip number eight for me. It was Whoa. my third time as a trip leader, a permit holder um and it was also my fifth time launching in december or,
0: <laughs> just through the, fifth, the fucking bitter are, cold
1: yeah i've i've braved <laughs> I've braved it a lot um you know and it, it, we actually had really good weather this trip it's a you, y you, you—it's a total roulette wheel. In right. some, sometimes it's some, so some, hit or
0: miss. You get, yeah, ten degrees every morning. Yeah, like it turns out <laughs> when there's just no
1: sun shining on you, like in the dead of winter, it's really fucking cold. But you know, whatever you—you you find ways of staying warm. It was a little—it was a little easier. We had a few more human hands this time, and. I, I so I did something that was a little different this trip, which I've never done, is that I did a a specific like kind of like group. I decided to limit who could go on the trip uh, because I wanted to do a certain type of trip with a certain kind of vibe, and I and I decided that it was going to be a girls, gays, and they's trip. Um, this sounds like fun. It really, really, really was. I like it was just absolutely so much fun and it it was probably like the funnest trip i've done to date and it's like one of the only ones where i've like almost been on the verge of crying when it was over because like we were so we had i just couldn't believe the trip was over it was absolutely and i and i and i've been down the grand canyon i've done it before there's nothing down there that's well i mean that we i i try to always do new things every time like i'm not saying that like it's familiar because there's there's so much you could spend your whole life exploring the grand canyon and you would you still would never come close you would you, it's not possible for a human being to explore every chasm and everything that that place has to offer. It's just such a, such a wonder about it. That's what what makes it so amazing. But to be able to go back and do the journey again and share it with a really amazing group of people that we, we we had a very very tight very close emotional bond with each other that was different than most of the trips I've done. And because I don't know, I think that. I think people in those groups tend to connect and tend to have us kind of tend to hold, like, especially when they're in each other's company, like Strictly, um, they tend to have a very closer bond with one another than and share share and kind of be closer with one one another than, say, groups of men will conventionally. That's if valid. That, if that makes sense. Yeah. Thank you. Um. Yeah, but it was absolutely, it was a really fun trip. Um, So with one exception, everyone on this trip was a fairly experienced multi-day guide. Um, Most of the people came from the company I work for currently, which is Row Adventures up in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. And we had people from we we have we're we're a fairly large company. It's spread around the Pacific North on the spread around most of the major multi-day trips in the Pacific Northwest. And we have a lot of different different crews and different teams. And we had people that like one, one of the ladies that was on this trip is primarily a middle fort guide now, but she's worked on a lot of our other. Our other rivers as well. Uh, another one is, uh, you know, she was just fairly new to the scene of multi-day guiding this year, but she's been a guide for for a minute. Um, and we let's see, we we had we had another we had another individual. He was from um, he was from another. He actually worked for a he's he's worked for a couple of different outfitters on the Middle Fork and also on out in uh, in, in in rivers around the Gunnison area of Colorado. Um, yeah and then we had one individual that wasn't really a river super river much of a river person but he was I he so I I I actually met this person on Tinder a few years ago and we didn't really we went on like a social paddle paddle outing like once but we and we stayed in touch uh we never really um we, we it never really like pursued the way a lot of relationships with Tinder go, but we we do, we always stayed in touch with each other. And I I just randomly shot him an in, invitation on this trip, and he was, and he's been working as a par, as a ranger up in Rainier National Park uh, since he since he graduated, um, and that and he was just immediately like yeah I, yeah of course I want to go that sounds great like like and he got himself a dry suit and he, like he. He was like such a trooper and had such a great time and yeah at the the energy on this trip was amazing um, yeah it was there were seven of us in, in or no, six of us actually yeah <laughs> we were going to have more people and it's like it's like it is you know you always the the thing that about last minute trips is um, you know people numbers will come and go <laughs> and if you do go on a last minute trip you need to be prepared and be comfortable because our our final number at the end of the trip after we after our after two of our uh, participants had to hike out at the exchange point, um, which I'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> um, but uh, we, yeah, two, two uh, um, we, we were just down to four people, which I will say a little, quite a bit better than three. I think I think four is the magic no- minimum number. <laughs> All right, that's fair. Yeah. You know,
0: yeah, it was three. <laughs>
1: <clears throat> With three, you kind of find yourself in a lot of like, I don't know, like, well, if you need privacy, right? Like you just got to go off and be alone. But then, like, yeah, you and the other person, like, man, what if you do want to talk? What you don't? I don't know. Like, there's. I think like with four, there's, there's that's that gives just enough space for people that are fairly extroverted that they can go out and get their and you know maybe go have their conversation. You know, have have that happen. But then you know if. For for people that you know, maybe like I mean, I'm 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 fairly extroverted much of the time, but I'm I'm like a I'm an extroverted introvert. <laughs> um, I I have I I absolutely have to go and recharge my batteries and kind of like just do my own thing at times. So I yeah like I think like four is a really that was I noticed it was just a it was slightly slightly easier than three, like it's like a little less pressure. Yeah, but. Yeah, it was a it was an incredibly fun trip. We had we had a single boat flip. Um, okay, that was in crystal. Um, admittedly, they were following me. Um, <laughs> I took the really big boat through, and I just ended up tractor beaming right into that massive hole at the bottom. And it's I didn't quite see there was it was behind i realized that like i couldn't see the full extent of it from the scout point because the growth was i maybe i was just an idiot and i just didn't notice it but like it was it was i i we dodged the first hole that everyone is so worried about it's downstream of there there's and i guess historically crystal had three massive holes but um what like they had just washed down to one at some point but um well, there's a second one now.
0: Oh, oh
1: God, yes, yes. <laughs> it's and it's it's big. It's very, very, very big. Um, <laughs> I realized I was going into it, so you know, I just like, well, as as we we said on the used to say on the road, just hammered down. Yeah, just, you got to just tee up and hammer down. And go, I guess we're doing this. Yeah, that 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 was exactly what I did. And <laughs> I was worried. I was. I, I was like, I think I'm gonna make it. But didn't really know for sure if I was going to make it till I was like already like popping through, and I was like, okay, I'm fine. <laughs> this thing could, like because I was I was rowing a 20 foot uh, high side raft that I had borrowed um, from my company. It was just an old old cargo boat that we used to use either on the Snake or the Salmon River at some point. Well, a 20 footer. It's huge. It's a beautiful like the big blue ox. Yeah, we called it Big Blue or Mothra. Um, Mothra, if you did not know, is the wife of Godzilla if you ever get into Godzilla lore. Okay. But she's also a very powerful being of her own uh, of her own uh, you know, strength. So, I don't know. She's a wife and she's kind of like she's kind of like the what's that character uh, to to bat like cat catwoman to bat Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Kind of like that. Yeah, but like, you know, of like giant Japanese like monsters. <laughs> Anyways, we decided to call the big blue boat Mothra or Big Blue. Mothra the Big Blue. Um and yeah, I I I shared and you know, what was definitely another interesting feature about this trip was we were not um tied to one boat necessarily. Like we would we regularly rotated, um, and at the company that I work for now, that's a that's how they operate on their multi-day trips. Like you are, like we 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 decide what the pool of boats is going to be at the beginning, and we routinely like jump around and rotate. We row so, some, but we we don't generally spend all of our time in one. Um, usually, if I was rowing one, I would be I would be rowing the big blue boat because I was because it was just so heavy, and I was I'm. I'm a big, strong per- human being. I can, I can, I can keep going for a while. Um, You're not wrong about that. Yeah, it's, yeah, you know, also on also, especially on the, those spiders. But you definitely know, row a big but boat. also, like, it was, uh, it's, it's definitely better than the cat, in my opinion, for uh, you know, riding Princess, which. Uh, oh yeah. Which I actually ended up, especially as this trip went on, I I ended up riding Princess a lot, and uh, it, was, it
0: was like, like they were rowing the rapids for you.
1: Well, I was, you know, I was the only one who had been before, but it was, this was another thing that was a little different about it for me was, um, I, I was like, I've already run all of these rapids. Like if either of you, if, and at one point in time we, we started our journey with three boats, um, after crystal we had, um, so anyways, back to crystal, we, we did have a flipping crystal, uh, right behind me, a little 16 foot, um, it's, uh. It's an old, like if anyone's rolled an old Riken boat, it's a, a it's little a,
0: 16 footer.
1: It's a, it's a, it's a 16 <laughs> footer with just uh diminished tubes. So it is, it's, it's a paddle boat and it, it's a, it's a, it was a 1998 Riken, uh, Nez Perce, uh, okay. model if anyone's, anyone's ever seen one, one of those. And it's, uh, it's, it's kind of a, you know, a standard commercial paddle boat with like, but it's got slightly diminished tubes. Um, and it's, it's kind of an old boat. It's got military valves and, an. You know, when I blew it up uh, and pulled it out of, like, our our old, like, retired raft pile, it looked pretty good and solid. It held air very well, but unfortunately, we kind of discovered over it that, like, a lot of the D-rings were just, like, not holding up terribly well, and... You know, we're not, we're not doing, they were not having a good time. Those poor D-rings were having it quite a toughie every day. Um, But yeah, that was, uh, that, that was, that, that boat unfortunately was following me directly in crystal and I plowed through that second hole with that big old blue mothra raft, like just like it was nothing. And they and I realized I turned around and I said, Oh shit. And I turned around and I was like, Charlie's rowing this one, and he was he was right behind me and um following the same line in the little red little red raft. <laughs> we called it little red. Um Charlie was also referring to it as Flipper, <laughs> which cause, cause we were all like, Oh god, this is a very squirrely boat. Also it, it you know, like this was a very improvised trip. We were originally gonna we had we thought we had enough people to maybe run just a, a stern assisted paddle boat. Um but as trip got, launch date got closer and closer, more and more people dropped out. And I was kind of – I didn't really have another alternative because the red raft, it you could only remove the middle thwart. OK. <laughs> um, yeah, this, the middle fort, thwart is the only the, – the, 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 the two front thwarts for some reason are welded – literally welded into the raft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've
0: seen those. Yeah. It, it, it not, makes sense. That way you never lose
1: your thwarts. It makes sense in the sense of like, yeah, if you're – if you're – if you're – if you're – running such a river operation where you maybe that you might forget something like that but yeah and um so we we rigged a stern frame in the middle but we took the middle the middle thwart out and we rigged the stern frame in the middle between it um and it was and we piled some bags into it and we had people i i brought some tea grips and put them in the front we very rarely had people paddling in the front but i was trying to encourage uh, that was kind of the vision i had but like I wasn't the one captaining this boat most of the time, and like I, I kind of, I'm very content to let, especially when I'm working with other guides, you know, and especially if I'm leading a trip, like I'm, I'm the kind of person where I'm expecting you to rely on your own creativity to solve your own problems, unless you unless you want you want my assistance and ask for it directly, like that's just that's my leadership style, and like, and so like they would they would they just did not use their paddlers very much. Um, and then, especially at the, like you know, we had we would usually have two people riding in the front of that boat in the beginning. But after you know, two two of our members hiked uh, out um, the day the, the day we ran Crystal because um, uh, they ended up we. So on a side note, um, the Bright Angel Trail is actually closed right now. From uh, the closure started uh, the weekend before I launched on December second, and it will go all the way to April because they are currently. Redoing the Trans Canyon Water Pipeline that uh, par- runs parallel to that trail, because most of the if you've been to the Grand Canyon National Park, the water on the South Rim actually comes from the North Rim because it's a there's no water or aquifer up there.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Yeah, um, it's carried over uh, via pipeline, and the pipeline breaks all the time. Um, it causes quite a bit of problems, so they've been they've been putting in a new pipeline by running it. They're kind of dr- installing this new pipeline by pushing it through the old metal one um so i I, apparently like this is going to take a couple months but anyways bright angel trail is completely closed right now as a result of this so we knew we had this exchange now the alternative is that most people would think to take is the south kaibab trail which is how most people hike into the canyon uh but that's that's six very very vertical miles that um, it's got quite a steep ascent and like it's just yeah I did people do what we call the Kaibab shuffle when they walk down that thing because they 're just walking sideways because it 's just you drop like i think it's over three thousand or close to four thousand feet like just so fast um, it's it's got quite a gradient I mean all the trails in the canyon have this, but like it's especially bad there. And so I was, I, when I realized this and I realized how many days we had allotted, I suggested to our hikers that maybe as an alternative itinerary, they hike out at the, the Hermit Trail, which is uh, another trail that reaches the river and goes up to the rim at this place called Hermit's Rest, uh, a little bit to the west of, uh, western side of the the main visitor area of the, of the park. And yeah they they did and they they reported it was quite quite an arduous journey, cause, uh they they got to the rim right at at sunset actually and they they posted this amazing picture where they walked through the gate at hermit's rest and like and, like you just see the canyon and the sun setting behind them but um it was it was quite a quite a walk out for them it's nine miles i mean no matter what um you know like hiking out's like it's it's an adventure but um so uh anyways as a result of uh the closure of bright angel uh our hikers uh we spent the night at her at a hermit uh camp above hermit rapid um and we uh that we had one final night and the boyfriend of one of the ladies uh hiked in and met us down there and and you know it was really interesting because they're in kind of a well, I'm not gonna get into too much relationship, but she was like asking us like, What do you what do you what do you all think of him? And I, and I I my my honest thought was like, Wow, that's that's love right there, to walk into a Grand Canyon into the Grand Canyon and then out the next day just <laughs> um that's that's kindness.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So we he he earned our approval collectively. We all we all we all gave him a big thumbs up and gave him our 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 seal of approval. And I <laughs> and I hope that uh, I I hope that I, I I hope that that plays out and goes well for for them as they go through their journey in life. Um, but yeah, we we had a we had one member just hike in or yeah, and I just put him on the roster uh, just so we can make him official for the trip. And yeah yeah he met us there but um yeah after that after we passed hermit at that point the trip dropped down to four people and yeah it the the boat and then we had that flip the next day and that was kind of that was a little rattling so we ended up taking a taking a layover day to kind of rest and recover and relax and sort our life out a little bit after that and, <laughs> and you know we did that at, at bass camp uh, which oh, is nice. just just an amazing place to do a layover yeah
0: yeah, did you you sent me a text while you were there? Yeah, I did. With, the, with yeah. your inreach,
1: I love I love texting. Yeah, if you've ever been on a, on a Grand Canyon trip with me, um, even if even if you're not on a future one, if I'm at a camp that we've stayed together, I'm probably going to get on my inreach and just uh, say, a, hey, what's up? I'm here. <laughs> and it was interesting. So some jerk, some jerk.
0: It wasn't a ringtail cat.
1: No, it was definitely not a ringtail cat. Let <laughs> me finish the story. <laughs> Some jerk actually uh, burned down uh, a patch of the old tamarisks that were uh, in North Pass Camp. I'm I'm assuming it wasn't the park. No, it, it definitely wasn't the park. It was <laughs> it was absolutely done by a human being because you could see that they frantically, clearly scrambled to contain it, and you can tell where it stopped and where and where it was spreading. And you notice know, so <laughs> nothing else was burned down. <laughs> <laughs> And it's just, uh, yeah, it's kind of like, it, it's kind of like you just walk over and you're like, oh, <laughs> no. Because, like, it's like, it's all like, it's like these, all these trees are just still th- standing, but they're, they're just all like charred and <laughs> black. And yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. But isn't tamarisk. Well, so yeah, so your tamarisk. This is an interesting topic. Um, Grand Canyon tamarisk is changed the the tamarisk are was a huge problem in the Grand Canyon it was it's an invasive species of um it, it it's a type of tree that uh a I, I, bush slash tree I, yeah yeah it's like some you know something like that but it, it I'm not a botanist or a biologist at all obviously but uh it was imported over here from the Mediterranean in the late 1800s and at some point, it just it spread like a wildfire. And it really liked the desert southwest. And this is like I, my idiotic, like crude understanding of it is that – So it's so it just – it drinks a lot of water. It just – it absolutely – it's like worse than a cottonwood tree, which I know drinks can drink up – like a full-sized adult cottonwood, I think, can drink up to 40 gallons a day. Whoa. Um, yeah. <laughs> like I think uh, this – yeah these yeah these things just spread, and they were all over the creeks all over the all all over like the the they really affected the the life in the Grand canyon. they really displaced like this willow that was uh kind of common and there was a lot of like birds that nested in that um it's just like and you know the Grand canyon's a desert it's a very fragile ecosystem like when you have like one big rattling in the like you know the kind of the food chain like that it just kind of like really echoes like hard out there um and yeah, so t- Tamarisk was this um, it, it, it was everywhere in the Grand Canyon and it's still fairly common but um, at some it, I guess another interesting property about it is that it's a very salty like it's got a very high like salinity um, <laughs> and like I, I guess so there is a there's a beetle that. Preys on the on the tamarisk, and it's uh, and it's na- in the native area that it's from, which is somewhere in the Mediterranean. And apparently, this beetle only eats tamarisk. Okay, that's all it does. But I think they experimented by by kind of like seeing if like at some point they were running an experiment, like kind of like seeing what would happen if they put some of these beetles in some like <coughs> limited areas. <as> well, and <coughs>
0: <laughs> that I don't know. Seems like a terrible idea.
1: <laughs> well, you know, it,
0: unless you're trying to get rid of the tamarisk.
1: Yeah. Um, well, it ter- turns out um, at at some point the the tam- I don't know if this was a plan. I, I I've heard different conspiracy theories. Like it's like everything else. Like I'm I'm not an, an actual biologist or botanist, and I I'm a complete idiot with this. I would think <laughs> that they were not intentionally released like into the environment. I believe it was an accident um or possibly it was done deliberately um that's
0: it's the other option
1: yeah it is um <laughs> well anyways there's now tamarisk beetle in the grand canyon and there really isn't much and it was really interesting in high school i went down and i worked at tamarisk removal projects like like they were everywhere like there's really not a problem anymore because they're all they're all dying
0: <laughs> yeah nobody else has to go down there and do it somebody just released some beetles
1: yeah. <laughs> so, yeah I mean it, it, you're using a lot less you're immediately you know it costs way less than paying you know does you know, anything
0: eat the beetles I don't know this is a question well, they should release something that eats the beetles do they need to eat the beetles though well, what, what at some point, point? Yeah. well I guess if all they ever eat is tamarisk but yeah then but, once the tamarisk is gone the beetles all die I suppose so
1: right I, yeah. I, I I don't I don't know I I, I'm. I feel like we I, need I, more I, research yeah, on this I tamarisk have, beetle. Yeah, this is yeah note to self. Um, and if anyone is ever listening to this, you should like ask me if I've ever gotten around to actually researching this. Like, read, <laughs> Ryan, you need to go and read more about the tamarisk beetle
0: tamarisk beetle yeah and and
1: just tamarisk in general i need to read more i need to educate myself more about this i'm i'm just spouting like raft guide nonsense i'm not actually doing real interp here like there's a there's a very clear difference between these two things like
0: (laughs) is there though there is there is like
1: yeah (laughs) no like like i i do have to do interp for work in in the summertime and i try to do a really good job of it because it's like i don't know like i'm i i do interp around history sometimes and well i can attempt to do uh geology but most of the time i end up kind of just delving into raft guide nonsense <laughs> but anyways yeah i truly don't know very much about the tamarisk beetle um i need to actually research more about it um so that's what i'm that's that's something i do need to do
0: you'll anyways. probably beat me to it
1: anyways sorry we were on a real tangent there. Um, But somebody
0: intentionally burned Somebody intentionally burned
1: these dying, like tamarisks that are all anyway, so what's happening currently in the Grand Canyon is the tamarisk are They're clinging around, and they still can provide a source of shade, but they've noticeably thinned out. It's like kind of like watching what happens to your dad's scalp as you get
0: (laughs) older. (laughs) The Grand Canyon's balding.
1: You know, it's like, that's exactly like, that was the the analogy I just kept thinking about the whole time. I was like looking at him, I'm like, wow, dude, these tamarists are not, they're not doing great. They're like, they're really getting their gray, and they're really, really thinning out like bad. like. I'm seeing a lot of skin and sand
0: here, you know. Still, did you see any mountain goats? Uh,
1: I didn't see mountain goats, but (coughs) (coughs) because they are not present in the Grand Canyon. Um, But bighorn sheep, bighorn sheep. (coughs) I saw. They look like goats
0: to me. They don't have (laughs) curly white hair.
1: If you come to Hell's Canyon, they have actual mountain goats, (coughs) like giant wild ones, and they do have curly white hair. Um, but that's a different that's a different but story. But
0: sheep have curly white hair, not goats. Goats just have like regular. Well, I, I don't
1: know. Hair. They like they have very long, silky hair. They look like a look like a very like hairy, regal, noble goat. Um. Anyways. <laughs> that's fair enough. Yeah, I'm talking about mountain goats. But we're talking about uh, bighorn sheep. Yes, I I saw a few herds of bighorn. We saw some amazing. Actually, yeah, we had amazing moments. Like we were there's one time where we were pulling in for lunch, and then just all of a sudden this like whole like we were already like doing lunch we had like a really simple one we were just handing it to each other and just would see like this whole like herd just walking like up on the yeah we had we had amazing like moments with wildlife like they came out for us for sure and they put on a lot of good shows it was it's was pretty beautiful we didn't see any ring tailed cats but yeah we I mean you saw their footprints in the morning yeah yeah absolutely
0: <laughs> they were out just oh, not yeah. when you were there yeah
1: no they're they're definitely around um those infernal mice are pretty terrible um yeah um the so there was a there was a group that launched the day before us and they were also outfitted by mo and kopi because we we rented some gear from Mo, mo and kopi which is one of the outfit outfitter rental service services in flagstaff and um after we did that we we went and um yeah, I, or yes. Yeah, sorry, I'm totally spacing right now. <laughs> um. Anyways, yeah, we ran into this group that uh, was also outfitted by Mel and Kobe. It launched the day before, uh, before us, and well, um, a certain celebrity figure in the in, in the Grand Canyon was actually in this group. Um, oh yes, uh, Mr. Tom Martin. He is the author of uh, of the popular uh, guidebook. Uh, one of the one of the co-author. Um, he and Dwayne Wittes are the other. Uh, Dwayne Wittes is the other uh, writer, I believe. But
0: <clears throat> the Grand Canyon guidebook.
1: Yes, <clears throat> and uh, I so I had a I had a couple of interesting basically encounters everything's with Tom. Read and run. Yeah, basically. I mean, yeah, th- <laughs> yeah. That that was kind of the funny thing. Um, it's it's very interesting because like you know it was wonderful actually meeting Tom because I was able to put a face on this guidebook that I've read for so long that like is a very useful guidebook, but like it's. I'm not trying to like sound terribly mean here, but it's it's the best show in town. But it's like the only really good show in town because your other alternative is the Belknap book, which doesn't tell you anything at all. Um, I but uh yeah the 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 Tom's guidebook is it's it's useful and he's got a particular writing style that. Well, I will just say like a lot of people like find Tom's writing style a little confusing and. I think it will make a, lo- a lot more sense if you ever meet the man in person. <laughs> um, Tom is a pretty amazing human, and I thoroughly enjoyed all my interactions with him. Actually, like like truly, uh, it was absolutely a delight getting to meet him and hang out with him. And he was with quite a you know he was he was one of two old men in this very rowdy group of mostly young Canadian like late twenty early thirty somethings that were. Um, <laughs> like all like they they were they were very big some some of the guys like there was this one there's this one guy he had a he had a maple leaf His big red-headed guy with a maple leaf tattoo and it was just like uh we were well all of us were kind of like like just kind of like fascinated by him as a human specimen and <laughs> like, yeah i guess the other fun thing about being on the girls gays, and day's trip was we could like We could have very wonderful discussions about all the different men we were having encounters with and uh, what we thought of them. Um, I'm not super worried about him ever like uh, hearing this podcast and uh, and being embarrassed because he's not the kind of guy. But we had an encounter with a wilderness, a couple of encounters with a wilderness ranger. Um, We named him Ranger Dan.
0: Ooh. Ooh, ranger, ranger dan ranger, sounds
1: sussy ranger dan is really hot that was our, <laughs> that was uh, that was what all of us like really concluded like hard and yeah we had a, a i guess like speaking about like more fun stories from my trip um we met the wilderness rangers um we were all uh we were all in um i So we were kind of incorrectly told by the Lee's Ferry Ranger that we couldn't use the exchange camp above uh, Phantom. And I actually, like, read the regulations and rules. And I was like, yeah, because that's, like, because we're not doing an exchange at Phantom was what what he told us. So we we weren't allowed to camp in that corridor. But, like, the rules very clearly state that that, like, only applies to trips from, it's, like, from March 1st until, like, um, until, like, November 15th. Like and then there's like this time period where that rule is not in effect, (laughs) and um, because not as many people are doing exchanges, but also in winter trips you can't go as long. Anyway, so we were a little nervous because we were like, oh, are we are we allowed to camp here at cremation, which is the first camp uh, above, um, right above uh, Phantom Ranch? Uh, But like we're like, oh, whatever. And then then we see these two like we haven't really encountered any groups since Tom's group and. Then we just see these two, like, they were, like, they were, like, gray, or though no, they were those, like, white, like, NRS, um, like, like hypalon rafts, um, and yeah, uh, then there's, like, these two rangers on board, and there was a third one as well, he was especially, but the two rangers that were rowing, they were wearing, like, these bright green dry suits, they had, like, astral like um green jackets but the green jackets were like camouflage and they had like government like logos like like their their park service like logo stitched in. they both had like they were both they both were doing like their full lawn for, like leo like like leo like like kit like on and like i was like we were like like whoa <laughs> like, and then, they, like <laughs> and, then, and then and then it's like oh boy the cops just showed up so you know like of course we're like all making sure like we're we're all like very well behaved and sitting around like but it's like just the it's just like the six of us like sitting around hanging around like kind of just sitting in like like uh, we're all out of our dry suits and like kind of like but we're still like in our fleece wear like and just like standing there like like that and yeah they just like rolled in and then charlie was very loudly like like why aren't your boats green <laughs> Because, you know, he's just kind of a, he's an amazing human who just like, kind of like says wild stuff. <laughs> because
0: every other BLM boat yeah. is either green or yeah, blue.
1: Yeah, 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 he's, and then, yeah. And the cop, and the ranger was like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> like. What? And, <laughs> and he sc- asked it again. <laughs> and then, and he's like. Yeah, Dinosaur, they're all bright green. And then Ranger Dan is just, like, sitting there with, like, his cop sunglasses, and he's got this, like, like he's, like, you know, just this really hot-ripped dude. He's got, like, a perfect, like, cop stash, too. Like, it's just, like <laughs> he's just, like, wearing his aviators and that, that, and he's just, like, he's like, we'll work on it. <laughs> like, we'll and then... <laughs> yeah and yeah they just but they were super nice. They came in and they just hung out and like kind of like chatted with us for a minute, asked us how our trip was going, asked us if we'd seen anything or like if we'd seen like 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 any like or what or, or, or what kind of wildlife encounters we'd like seen like and what we thought about about the canyon and I mean they weren't like. Yeah. Like they weren't like actually like bothering us at all. Like they were like, but like, you know, it's just like, it's like, okay. Like cops, the, the, the Oh, the cops are, cops just happened to be here. Yeah. But like, yeah. they're Everybody they all, on your best behavior. Yeah. But also <laughs> like, you know, like there's like, yeah, they were, they were super cool. And then like, yeah, they were asked us what our plans were for going downstream tomorrow. And they were like asking us if they want, if we wanted to run like Hermit or like horn through uh horn to Hermit with them and, and I was like, yeah, that would be awesome. They were like, yeah, like you, they were like, you guys should really consider waiting until like two in the afternoon to leave Phantom. That's when we're going to leave. And like, that'll, uh, like, that'll be like, you'll be at high water then. Cause they were like, uh, they were both like, oh my God, we've had so many incidents with at Horn Creek Rapid this year. Like, Jeez. oh yeah, it's, 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 the river was low. It was very low. It wasn't as low as what people were doing this, um, like, I had a bunch of friends that went out this fall, and they were they had some pretty gnarly low flows. Um, But
0: yeah, it's (laughs) yeah. But also, if they would have waited a couple hours, the flows would have pumped back up, right? Uh, Well, it was like running as
1: low as like five thousand to six thousand, like fairly recently. Like our low was six thousand five hundred, I believe. And we ran a couple of rabbits low, but they're like, yeah, like, Horn Creek especially gets really nasty, like, at low water. Like, it's just very tight. You can't split the horns. Um, I split the, like, it's really funny. Uh, when we went out there, like, we were all standing at the scout point. Like, the rangers just told us they were going to read and run it, and then if we wanted to, we could catch up to them for uh, granite. Because they were, they were doing 14 days to diamond. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah, I think yeah that that was the that was the. If they were just gonna study. read and run it, you might as well have just punched in right behind them. That was like what I would have done personally, and that was what <laughs> I was comfortable with. But you know, also it's like, dude, it's not my trip at this point. Like every, like, it is my trip, but, right, but it's,
0: it's also everybody else. <laughs> it's also
1: everybody else. It's this is fun trip, and then like and the whole vibe we had was all right. Well, let's just I can go out and scout it. Like let's get everybody familiar with it, and ever and they were all very nervous after that because it's and it and I get it too. I was nervous. I was like, wow, this is nasty. Sometimes it's better not to look. I mean, yeah, (laughs) I could have definitely taken the big blue boat and just followed followed Ranger Dan. That wouldn't have been very hard,
0: but (laughs) it's best not to like overthink it. Just like react. Yeah. Going. Okay. Oh yeah. If the boat in front of me is doing this, either we're all going to flip or none of us are going to flip.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I'd, I'd rather not flip the 20 foot raft. That checks out. Yeah, it would be very bad if we flipped that thing. We we had some discussions about what do we do if that does happen. And we're like, well, let's try not to make that happen. But. <laughs> <laughs> that was, was kind of like that. Was, I was like, that's that was my main operating plan. Like, like, I had one friend that she almost came on this trip, but had some stuff come up and had to withdraw last second. But she was really worried about that, and I was like, eh, if, if we flip the twenty foot boat, well, we'll deal with it. Let's
0: we'll flip it back over
1: yeah let's not talk about it
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's just not talk about it
1: yeah yeah like i i, I got I brought, that, all, I brought all the tools i needed in case it, things got bad that
0: genuinely sounds like a future me's problem yeah that's not, fu- not a future something Mies. i need to worry about yeah, right
1: now yeah no, like that's actually and i'm not saying because like, the more we'll, you worry about it the more so, likely you're well gonna sometimes to i'll be like, that. like that's a that's a tomorrow ryan problem like i'm fine i'm I'm fine. This ain't my problem right now, but she's, she's screwed tomorrow. <laughs> she very well made me. <laughs> yeah. Screwed. Like, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, I, but I don't say that. I try not to say that about flips. Cause I really, I just, I hope they don't happen, but you know, like, I hope they never happen. Yeah. I hope they never happen, but they, it's a lot of work to they, clean up. Yeah. They sometimes do. Um, and yeah, so I got everything I need to recover from it and we're tying the boat down. Right. We're not like, you know, like we're, we're doing really good rigging and like, you know, like doing good proper big water multi-day rigging. It was good. Like, but yeah, anyways, back to the story. Meanwhile, back in the canyon, right? Um, We're losing sight of Ranger Dan and all of us are like, oh my God, don't leave us just yet. (laughs) Like, Yeah, we we had a, we all we all had a we had a lot of a lot. Of, not everyone was on board agree, agreements with that, but I will say like there was a plurality of us that were like, oh my god, Ranger Dan, <laughs> yeah, I'm on. Like, I was solidly on Team Dan. If that if that like small spoiler alert. Fat mustache. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, but yeah, so, uh, yeah, so the Rangers come through and they just split the horns and it's a violent split. Like it's just a, like right into between these two rocks. And like, you know, I think for, well, we've done a lot of stuff that like involves hair, brain moves like that. Like you've been on the cow salmon. You've yeah. Done, like, yeah, like it's just like, yeah, like it's scary, but you know what? Don't think about it. Just, just get your boat in and do it. Like, Oh then, yeah. Yeah. Like, and then the longer
0: you stand there and look at it, the more you're like, I am so fucked. Well, there's like, no way I'm gonna make it. We're not gonna make it. Yeah, and then you just go back it. to your brother and you're yeah. just like, what? Yeah, exactly. Like
1: <laughs> yeah, the the other um, the other alternative is you could just stay to the right and there is a line there, but you gotta hit some stuff. And if you don't hit that stuff just right, you're gonna hit some really, really, really bad, awful, terrible hydraulic stuff. It's it's, <laughs> it's just not, doesn't look fun. Um and like, and the guy and the Rangers were like, yeah, just split the horns. And I don't know. I've just learned to like, when the, when the old timers just tell you to do something, they all do something, the same thing. Just try it. Like, like there's a reason they've figured, they've, they've, they've figured out, they figured out how to make the struggle less of a struggle. Like generally speaking.
0: Yeah. Like, what, not I mean, always, when you do but, something a whole bunch of times that's stressful. Yeah. Either your anxiety goes up because you're under the impression that the more times you do it, the more mm-hmm. likely you are that something's going to go wrong. Yeah, or you just kind of go Not well, only do I do it this way, but a thousand other people do well, it. Well they this like works. they
1: like it because it because it works. And right, but the thing is works. it's just it's a very tight line though. Yeah, um yeah. and I'm okay and I was comfortable with that and I was like, Hell yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna split that with Mothra and uh I just took split it. that with old Mothra? Oh yeah, no, yeah, I just, like, went right in and hammered right through it. And with a like, 20-footer, that line's even tighter. <laughs> it was very tight. It was extremely, like, big water, fast-moving, like, high consequence and very technical at the same time. Like, it was like, – I I I got – I would be lying if I said I didn't get a bit of a rush out of it. Like, I, <laughs> I enjoyed it. Now – it sounds a,
0: exhilarating.
1: I'll get to. I, there was another moment where I was not so stoked uh, to be in Mothra <laughs> and having to also do a very tight line that was far more consequential. Which one? Uh, that was Bedrock. Oh
0: yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I didn't you tried know. to go to the inside, or did you decide to go to the outside? Well, I was stuck as inside as much as I could fit, but you know, it's shallow over there. It's shallow, and it doesn't really <laughs> fit very well. Um, big Mothra, she's a she's a big lady. Um, Your oars hit a lot of things. It was my experience. I couldn't get that close because, well, <laughs> that again, twenty foot boat. <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> There's yeah, yeah. like just like ten and a half feet of, or there's like ten ten and a quarter feet of like rubber between me and the, <laughs> yeah, that's just yeah, true. the end, yeah. So, yeah, that one. Well, the the thing that made Bedrock so incredibly that was the other like. So I I wrote a couple of the big rapids this trip. It was uh like I I did Hans, I did, or yeah, I also rode House Rock, but hants especially and um what was it uh yeah hants and then like yeah the whole gems and like horn creek granite um actually no i did not row granite i believe i think i handed the oars over to i handed that or i handed the oars over to my friend anna i believe she i believe she was the one that rowed that that one but um maybe i Actually, maybe I did row granite. I'll have to ask them. It was uh, he, that's the thing about the Grand Canyon. There's so many of these, and like, yeah, I, especially like for the latter half of the trip, though. Like, yeah, like upset, and um, I ran, yeah, I ran granite or I ran bedrock. Um, I let um, I let my friend Charlie row um, Dubendorf, and then Charlie, yeah, Charlie and Anna both row Dubendorf, uh, upset, and lava, and. And killer, I think, actually no, I rode Killer Fang that day. Yeah, because that was a, that was um, another, that was another rapid that was uh, that we were a little, uh, I, I was a little concerned about with the blue boat for sure. Yeah,
0: you <laughs> know, you know when we did it, Killer Fang was nothing.
1: Oh, it, there was uh, no rapid. Oh, there was for sure a rapid, and there was for sure a, a terrible rap point. <laughs> like just, absolutely, absolutely. Like there was a there was a horrible place you would not want to be in a big boat for sure. Um, that is the thing I would say was the the thing that was probably the most notably and different, different thing about the um, Grand this time was with the lower flows. It for sure, it for sure felt like a lot a lot there were the it it well it was kind of like being on like any other big high volume river as it drops like it, the rapids get more interesting they keep a they keep a big like high volume high consequence like heavy move, moves but sometimes there were like actual like technical moves to be done um and bedrock especially was just yeah like the the fine point to make it like And I I think another thing, oh, another thing that was very stressful about bedrock at lower waters, so there is a whole underexposed like shelf in front of the, uh, in front of the bedrock, like a big, like giant, like barely near subsurface, like, like, it's like a, but there's like this space between the main bedrock and that that's like very undercut, very potentially civvy. Um, and it's like right there if you hit the if you hit the rock there is a very good chance you could tap this thing and if someone were to swim into it it would be it would be very bad oof yeah that was uh that 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 thing was very yeah bedrock was just we got there and we were like we we stopped we were like stressed we were like oh wow this is so tight like this is so much tighter and i was like I and I was just worried cuz like you know the the thing about that big 20 foot boat is like a lot of it is like it's it's so hard to just like strong to just like strong like use your strength and like move it the way you can't if you're a strong rower the way you can a lot of other boats like it just it doesn't come to a stop very much it's like it's it's very it's just it's very big it's it doesn't have any rake and it like it nice thing is it, if as long as you keep it straight it tracks very well it you know
0: it probably plows
1: through waves great oh great yeah it's really good at that yeah it's a it's a very exciting boat to row um yeah it's uh yeah <laughs> no pun intent no pun intended there um <laughs> but yeah i i yeah bedrock was particularly like just very sketchy it was a very tight move um i didn't know i was going to make it over into the right side channel until right as i like i like there was like, there was like a, there was an uncomfortable amount of uncertainty before I knew I was, <laughs> you know, like, cause like, there's a, there's like a point where you get to a rabbit and you're like, all right, you know, you're going to make yeah. it. And there was a lot of uncertainty right up until that point. Cause like I, there's just such a, it was, and it would have been terribly consequential if that boat had gone left because, oh wow. That left side channel
0: was rowdy and bad. <laughs> I've okay. never seen what's over there. Except for in videos, um, there's a when we ver- were down there, we even like tried to look back upstream. I could never get a good view of the other side of the rapids. Yeah, rapid.
1: there's like a very
0: violent helicopter eddy at the top. Although it's,
1: yeah, like that eddy, that Eddie, and that eddy line just a cross back over if you get into that eddy just crossing over that eddy line is like it's violent and it could very easily flip a boat <laughs> like I, th- I think like in certain places it's just it's it's not good it's just like yeah it's a like real fast spinning like hmm. like eddy at the top and then there's a very steep pour over and it's crashing into like the cleft between the two um bedrock slabs <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah it, I I went there uh once and I I uh well what happened the mo- I I lost I hi I tried to high side as I was going over that pour over and I ended up kind of vertical my ankle touched the river and I got very violently sucked under the river and that was like crazy deep like I I swam out to So the you've sp- been
0: sucked off at bedrock?
1: Yes, I have <laughs> and did not have a good time um actually
0: <laughs> it was
1: not as fun as it sounds. Yeah. Yeah, I <laughs> I went very deep. I it I always say that it like felt like it was a soccer field away. It's really not. Like I've seen the rock that like I swam to, but like it's really interesting because it's very exposed now, but like when I swam to it it was like almost completely underwater and like I remember that it like ripped like the undercurrent ripped my booties clean off my feet and they very conveniently they surfaced right next to me
0: take those all right ryan well we gotta tie up the podcast you're right one yeah. last story what was your i guess what was your biggest takeaway from your grand canyon trip Ooh,
1: my bit my big takeaway i guess my highlight of it um it was really uh riding riding bow princess uh on uh mothra through uh upset and lava that was like one but i <laughs> the other one honestly uh, so the, our, our last night was a full moon and we were like fuck it we, we have to we, we have to like full moon float like night float out and we did that and like there was this moment where we were just waiting for the moon to come up I and mean, the moon had gotten brighter and brighter as like full moon approaches and we, and right as we got to uh, Surprise Canyon, the moon just suddenly emerged and we just all like screamed and howled at the moon, like, and we're just like so starting and it just illuminated up the whole canyon. It was absolutely so beautiful. We ended up going 40 or 20 miles that night and then we like kind of camped out at like, two, at, like midnight, and, like, on a sandbar. It was pretty cool. That's fun. It was a lot of fun. And it was like, yeah, I absolutely had a blast. I had so much fun. Yeah, this whole trip was absolutely amazing. It was like such a such a cool like vibe, such a great like crew. Um everybody really, really connected and really had a good thing going. And that was really that was really special. Um I just you know, there comes a point where you kinda have to prioritize what you wanna do. Like I love I love the Grand Canyon. I don't think I'm at a point where I'm gonna go back and do it every year for a while at least, but it is such an amazing trip, um, but yeah, if I if I go back and I do a trip, I I have to have a reason to go back, or I'm gonna have a theme, or like if I'm going to lead a trip, at least. Mm-hmm. I think if I'm invited on a trip, I'll like if it's a if it's a go good, along for the ride. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. If I'm not if I'm not the TL, sure, that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> I'd really like that. It was a lot of work to pull it off, um, but yeah, it was so satisfying. It was, I've like. I I, I stressed so hard to make it happen and then it like turned out to be such a fantastic time and everybody everybody had a blast every night was memorable we had yeah like we had an amazing Christmas in the canyon. we well we observed we we called it Christmas observed we we celebrated Christmas on Christmas Eve okay you know some families do that
0: right that makes more sense
1: yeah our family decided to do it because we were at it was the last camp above like uh, above Diamond and or at, we were at 220 mile camp, and then yeah, we left that day, and then we went all the way to separation, and then we're like, "Well, we just went 20 miles, but hell, it's gonna be a moonlight. Like, we're gonna do 20 more miles." So yeah, so we did a total of like 40 miles on Christmas Day. <laughs> it was that's awesome. Yeah, and it was great. We tied the raft together, and we just like had like a good like constant like like yeah, we we the thing where you just tie tie the two rafts in the straight line, and we just like cruised, and it was great.
0: What a great way to end a trip.
1: I know, right? Yeah. And yeah, it was, it was so, it, it was hard at the end. We were, but we were, yeah, we were ready to go out for sure. And yeah, it's been, I will say like, you know, like the, the come down off a of Grand Canyon trip is like, <laughs> it's a real one. Like, cause like you got to adjust back in the real life. There's like, you know, it's like you, you have to, you have to go back to your to whatever it is you do uh wherever wherever it is you're at in life and and that's uh, a and, and that's always a process for sure um i haven't been very social the last few days, but yeah it's see so today's friday yeah so i i got off a little more than a week ago like it was uh yeah i think it was uh when it was uh the twenty seventh was our was our take day yeah sounds wonderful it absolutely was 10 out of 10 would do again. All
0: right. Well, great talking with you. Thank you so much. Uh, And yeah, we'll talk again soon. We absolutely will. Bye. Bye.